It's the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Sean Del Grand. And we've got over 800 brand new Mazdas with outstanding incentives, like low monthly lease payments and low APR financing. Yep, it's just a great time to buy. So don't miss the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Financing on approval of credit. Roundtable time. Mario Ferraro and Noah Gregor sit down to talk about the sharks at the break. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, we are now joined by the San Jose Sharks, Mario Ferraro and Noah Gregor here on the Sharks Audio Network. Gentlemen, what's going on? Doing good. Doing good. I'm doing well, too. Thanks for having us. So, Noah, man, I'll start with you. How good did it feel to score that goal against Washington? You had been creating opportunities. You had been having so many instances in which you were just seemingly robbed, but you got the Sharks on the board first in what was a really tough environment going up against a really good Washington team. Yeah, definitely a big relief. Uh, felt like I was a little overdue, a little snake bitten, uh, but I uh, thought I was getting some good chances, so it was finally nice to uh, to bury one there last night. Mario, were you uh, giving him a little bit of a razzing when he scored, telling him it was about time, or were you just excited for your teammate? Definitely gave him a couple shots. It is about time. Uh, no, 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 we've been uh, we've been playing funny jokes and and, and games. With him. He's had a lot of chances and uh, a lot of like breakaway opportunities that were earned through his, his speed and stuff. Don't mean to pump his tires, but uh, so we were uh, <laughs> so we were fired up for him to get that goal because we needed it, especially in that building. And yeah, especially in going into a place like Washington, where let's be honest, you're going up against Alex Ovechkin, and I guess. You know, we're all sports fans. We all follow these guys. I guess at what point did it really change for you? And Noah, I'll start with you, where it was like, you're not a kid anymore. You're not looking up to Alex Ovechkin or any other big star in the game, but now it is your job to stop him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think for my first my first year, I played about 25 games. I think that whole year I was still pretty starstruck because each game you're going up against uh, – you know, guys you grew up idolizing, you know, Ovechkin, Crosby, or, mm-hmm. or McDavid. So uh, when you're playing them for the first time, I think you you still have a little bit of that where you're sort of in awe. Uh, I think that's definitely worn off now, and, and you're just going up and competing against some of their rivals. So you got to play them as, as you would any other player. Was it like that for you, Mario? Yeah, I'd agree that the first, the first season, that's where you feel it the most. Um, <clears throat> I think that obviously obviously it's, it's worn off, and I think it's because it needs to, because at some point you have to – um, you know, realize instead of being so in awe throughout the game, you know, you got to be competitive and, and do your best to stop them as, as them being opponents of you. So um, it's really, really cool. And it's, it's awesome. And it's something that I don't know if, if Greg's going to agree, but you try not to take it for granted and you try not to get used to it because of how, um, you know, special it is to be playing with such great players that you've looked up to your, your whole, life playing up and growing up and playing hockey but I think you know it's important to dial it in as much as you can especially when you're playing against them and you know that you have to defend them and and do your best to, to stop them and Noah I'll ask you because we talked about that focus and you know trying to stop an Alex Ovechkin or a Crosby or whoever it's going to be do you then have to you know have that same focus to play that same style, whether it's not a superstar in the NHL, because let's be honest, anybody in the NHL, I mean, they're there for a reason. They're lethal. 
they can hurt your team at any moment. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, you definitely have your uh, the guys to watch out that you know if you're on the ice against them, you gotta you gotta be aware because they're uh, they're special players for a reason, they're superstars for a reason. So uh, you gotta be watching out for them. But then, you know, at the end of the day, they're still uh, they're still hockey players. They still get dressed the same way as us. They're out there competing, and and it's our job to uh, to play as hard as you can against them. So you gotta do your best. How much do you guys keep up with the league in terms of viewing it as still being a fan of hockey versus everything is film review or, you know, analysis for an upcoming game? Like when you guys show up for morning skate or for practice, are you talking about a sick goal that was scored the night before that was, you know, on SportsCenter Top 10 or, you know, you saw you go viral on Twitter? Uh, Yeah, I think for sure when, you know, you see big goals happen, um, you're talking about it around the room, you know, we're surrounded by it every day, right? We're <clears throat> all, obviously we have our other sports that we're interested in too, that we watch outside the rink, but um, we're keeping up with the league and other teams. Like, I don't know, for an example is, you know, Zegers's goal last night that we saw him score against Montreal. We were all talking about that. So you, you see it happen, you know, with social media and everything and um, keeping up with the standings and all that. Uh, it is important to, to be aware of what's going on, around the league and uh, I think the word spreads pretty quickly for sure. Noah, are you getting home from a game and turning on ESPN or NHL network or going immediately on Twitter to see what's happening around the league or how do you do it? Yeah, I, I definitely just kind of check in on, on highlights or whatever's on Twitter. If there's a, you know, a big goal or a big fight that happened that night, I'll, I'll definitely check that out. But uh, you know, I'm not watching, you know, a ton of hockey. I usually just, you know, check on movies or something else or hang out with my roommates. So I uh, definitely just, stay in touch with, uh, you know, the big things that happen in the league. And, and that's about it. Noah, what other sports are you into uh, besides hockey? Obviously. Uh, right now I'm pretty into golf. I watch a lot of golf. Nice. Uh, I enjoy basketball too. So uh, trying to get out to a golden stake and still haven't been to one yet. So that'll, that that's on my, on my bucket list here in, in San Jose when I get back. Yeah, for sure. Mario, what about you? Uh, I'm not into golf, but I do have clubs, new clubs that I've yet to use. <laughs> so the, those need to get uh, worked in a little bit. Um, but I, uh, as far as other sports really throughout the season, I'm a little bit banged up right now. So I've really had the, uh, had the motivation to, to go play other sports and risk further injury. But, um, <clears throat> I'm just, yeah, I'm just kind of laying low and, and doing my thing. Uh, usually in the in the off season, it'll be a little bit of basketball, some soccer, some pickup soccer, and stuff like that. But because I'm sore and I don't want to like get hurt, I'll just <laughs> lay low. More more movies like uh, like Greg's was saying, movies at home. Do you guys follow the NFL? Where there's some uh, text sent to Logan Couture after his Bills lost again in unbelievably painful fashion. I know. Yeah. I, I didn't know how to react to him when he, when he got to the rink the next morning, I think he's going to be pretty, pretty sad day for him. The, the Buffalo bills just don't, don't get it done for him. Yeah. I texted him that night um, asking something about a schedule it was around nine 30, but I think he was already in bed because of the loss. So. How was it uh, for you guys when you found out Eric Carlson was going to be out for a while? Does, uh, does Bob come out and tell you guys, does Logan, uh, do you hear about it from the trainers? Uh, I think we just hear, uh, until it's, it's, it's confirmed, obviously it's, it's most, you know, the guys know, I, I think uh, Logan was the one who I heard it, heard it from, but um, <clears throat> until it's confirmed, then, then we'll hear from the trainers and stuff like that. Uh, it's uh, you know, it's tough whenever you lose, you know, one of your top players and we obviously know how special Carl is and how much value he brings to the team. And 
um, it's definitely tough to deal with. Uh, but uh, we know that uh, you know we have a group in here that that can uh, that can compete and, and do some special things. And I think it kind of motivates us to to put ourselves in a good position so that when Eric does come back, you know, we're still in a good in a good spot to continue to compete for that playoff spot. So, um, you know, it's, it's never easy losing a player that, that brings so much value to the team. And we're definitely going to be missing them for the next uh, little bit here, but uh, we're going to, you know, use it as motivation to, to try and stay, stay in it and, um, you know, be, be ready there for when, when he comes back, it'll, it'll make us an even better team. So. You know, Noah, I'll ask you, with the Carlson injury, a lot of people said that was the last thing the Sharks needed going into the four-game road trip against four of the best teams in the East. And, you know, I'm just curious if you if you hear stuff like that, if you're paying attention to media narratives, because, you know, the team has been dealing with these absences and issues all year long. I mean, you were the first team with the big COVID outbreak. You've been able to, you know, manage all the losses and injuries and COVID issues up to this point. You just kind of want to you know, brush it off and say, hey, we've been able to handle it up to this point of the season. These just happen to be the four games on the schedule. Yeah. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, there's nothing you can do about injuries. Uh, they happen every year. Each team goes through them. It's just how you deal with them. And like you said, we've had uh, a lot of, you know, moments this season where we've had COVID issues or, or injuries. And, you know, we've we've done a really good job at uh, continuing to play our game and, and get wins. And it's kind of just been that next man up mentality and uh, we've had a lot of guys step up and play well and uh, continue to get wins and uh, that's uh, how we've done it all year we're going to continue to do it you know Mario with all the injuries and issues and COVID things that have happened with the defensemen so far this year that's put a lot of onus on you you've had to spend a lot of time on the ice I'm curious just how your body feels at this point of the year versus years past but as I'm asking that I mean, you haven't had a normal year in the NHL. 2019-2020 gets shut down early. Last year, you know, at this point, we had, you know, played a handful of games. And now this year, I guess, is the closest thing that we've had to normal. Yeah, it definitely has. It's been a weird um, series of events for the last few years, that's for sure. But no, I feel great. I feel um, I feel in great shape. Um, I've had the privilege to, to play the minutes that I have been this year. Um, to keep me in better and in, in, in good shape and allow me to play those higher minutes. So um, I, I love, I love being on the ice. I love playing. I'm very thankful for the opportunities that I have been getting this year. And um, you know, it's easier. It's easier. Of course, when you have a guy like Burns to my right to, to play alongside and, and to learn from a guy that's probably in the best shape in our team that plays the most minutes. Um, so uh, no, I feel great. And uh, I'm super fortunate to have the opportunities that I've had. You know, I think about both of you guys as being part of the present and the future for the San Jose Sharks. And I'm curious, you know, Noah, I'll ask you, do you think about down the line at all? Or is it just up to this point of your career that things have been coming so fast and you're just looking at the opportunities uh, one game at a time as they're presented? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's just uh, the here and now. Uh, I think I'm still trying to, you know, establish myself as, uh, you know, a a full-time player. I think, uh, you know, I've had opportunities the past three years here and I think I'm doing a really good job this year at doing that and, and helping our team and in any way I can. So I think uh, for myself, it's just going out each game with uh, that mentality that uh, you know, I want to be here. I want to be a shark for, for a long time, as long as I can. And uh, you know, I just got to take each game uh, and bring my best effort every night. 
Noah, you didn't have a great camp. And when you got called up, you said that you never wanted to go through that situation again. And you wanted to prove that you belonged. And, you know, for a bit here, the pendulum had swung against you where you were creating opportunities, but not finding the back of the net. And, you know, we we can all see what you're doing on the ice. We see that you've got the speed. We see that you're creating opportunities. And, you know, we see that the puck follows you. And did you take solace in that at all? And that the details of your game were good? Or were you just frustrated that, yeah, you, you were doing the right things, but you know, for you, was it a frustration that you still weren't finding the back of the net? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of both. Uh, you know, you, you don't want to be getting too many chances and not, and not scoring at some point you're, you're going to have to produce to, uh, to stay in the lineup and, and, uh, you know, help the team in, in that sense. But, uh, the other hand, there's, uh, you're getting lots of chances and, you know, I'm getting good feedback from coaches and even players just saying, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, you're making stuff happen and eventually, you know, those chances are going to go in. Mario, you obviously don't have to play against him in games, but you do have to deal with him at practice and you, you see what he's capable of on the ice out there. It often looks like he's the fastest guy on the ice. Is that, is that a pretty accurate take? Yeah, it is. Shut him down today though, but yeah, it's what we call him the, uh, the Connor McDavid of the Sharks. (laughs) (laughs) Connor McDavid of the Sharks here. He's got the the Walmart version. <laughs> no, he's got wheels. We know he does, and that's when he's uh, effective and dangerous when he uses his speed. That's how. That's what I mean when he earns his uh, <clears throat> the breakaways or the the chances that he's been getting off the rush. So oh, we need more of that, Geggy. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> you know, Noah, you must know that you're always going to be one of, if not the fastest guy out there on the ice. I, you know, I'm just curious. Does does that speed? Does that make you try and force things sometimes, or? Do you try to pick your spots to try and, you know, catch guys off guard? I mean, that's uh, that's my biggest attribute, obviously, is my speed. And I, I've known that for uh, you know a while now, and that's that's a big part of my game. I think one thing in the professional level that I've tried to do better is use it in different ways other than just kind of beating guys wide. Uh, it's a lot harder to do at the, the NHL level to just blow by guys. So, uh, you know, it's getting in on four checks, uh, stripping pucks, stripping players from behind, and and going the other way and creating offense that way. So it's just using my speed in, in different areas than just, uh, you know, straight line buzzing up the wall. And you buzz. <laughs> Are you guys at all surprised by the relative success you've had this year? And, you know, I don't know how much attention you guys pay to the preseason predictions, but there were a lot of, you know, people out there, prognosticators saying that the Sharks, the Ducks and the Kings were going to be the bottom three teams in the Pacific. And, that has turned out to not be accurate. So, you know, I looked at the team and I liked where the team, you know, what you guys had the potential to be. But, you know, do you guys pay attention to that stuff at all? Or do you just try and ignore it because it's probably not something you want to hear anyway? I don't. I've never really looked at the predictions and whatever. It's, you know, that really means nothing to us what other people are saying about our team. We know what we have in the locker room. We know what we have <clears throat> in terms of a, an organization and, um we know what we can do. We know what we're capable of. Uh, so we just, we block that, that noise out. We don't pay attention to it. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think that that's ever been, been an issue issue for us. I mean, no, I imagine that you guys feel at this point that you've posted some really good wins over really good teams and that you feel like you can hang with anyone. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we've done a really good job this year against, against good teams. For the most part, we've played them well. Uh, this is, uh, you know, a huge trip for us. It's uh, some tough teams, four really tough teams that uh, are tough to beat. 
uh, especially on the road here. Uh, we did a good job in Washington on getting a real big road win. So we're just trying to build or uh, put that momentum into uh, tomorrow night's game against Florida. Was it easy to shake off the loss against Tampa? Because I'm sure that was not a memory that anyone wanted to hold on to when you guys got blasted like that in your own house. Yeah, that's uh, you know one of those games you have to you know, put behind you a little bit, but there's still things you have to, to look at and, and learn from because uh, games like that can't happen you know, too often. Uh, you're going to have them every now and then in a season. It's a long season. You play a lot of games, but still things you can take from those uh, from those nights and, and learn from, and I think we did a good job bouncing back. Yeah, Mario, after you guys did suffer that loss at home to Tampa Bay, did you guys kind of address the fact that you needed to leave it in the past, or does something like that not even need to be said? No, I think that there were a lot of things for us to learn from from that game, uh, but it is important, yeah, to once, you know, once uh, practice day after is over, you know, then we forget about it and we move on. But I think there were a lot of things in, in video that were pretty glaring that that we can use to, to learn from and, and know the mistakes that we made. And I think it did a good thing for us um, leading into the, the game against Washington. Uh, we came out a lot harder. We came out a lot stronger. Mm-hmm. Quite the opposite of what we did the other night uh, at home in our own building against Tampa Bay. So um, it's just the video is good to, to, to learn from, and you don't want those games to happen. You should put them behind us or we should put it behind us. It is now, but we got to continue to do what we did in Washington and keep the ball rolling. We shouldn't have to, to go through too many games like that. Shouldn't it really happen again? We've, we've already learned the mistakes from it. How is uh, Bob Bugner in terms of reviewing a previous game? Does he go over something you did really well and then follow it up with something you didn't do so well? Does he not try to pile on guys? How does that work? No, I think he he does a really good job at communicating with players and, and letting guys know where they're at and know where the team's at. Uh, if he thinks uh, the team had a bad period or a, a tough you know 10 minutes in a period, he's going to let you know. And if you do a good job, he's also going to let you know that uh, things are going well and uh, to keep going. So uh, I think he's... Uh, no, really good in that sense. Mario, with Bob Bugner, it seems like he's the type of guy that is not forgotten or is not too far removed from that mentality that he has as a player. And, you know, we can tell in the way that he talks about you guys with the media and the fact that he always seems to, you know, never want to come out after a game and be too upset. In fact, there's really only, you know, one time where I've seen him really upset after a game, and that was last year after a loss in St. Louis. Um, you know, I'm sure there's times in between periods where there are some choice four-letter words dropped, but for the most part, it seems like he's pretty aware and still with that player mindset and knows how to work with you guys because of that. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree. Um, you know, I think he, obviously he's, he's played the game, so he, um, he could put himself in, in our shoes um, and he, and he kind of, he understands that. And I think that Greg's uh, nailed it pretty well. He, he's a very good, good communicator with us. Um, I think we have a pretty, pretty good relationship with, with Boogie and uh, yeah, he's done a great job. For us dealing with Bugner on the media side of things, guys, I mean, he gives really detailed examples of what he's talking about when we ask a question about something or he wants to reference something. Like, he doesn't just give the typical soundbite. He is going to be very, very clear with what exactly he's talking about. Yeah, I think that uh, we when, when we make mistakes, um, we know about uh, the mistakes that we made and we know how to, how to fix them. And I think that that's really important. And it's not just Boogie, it's the the whole coaching staff. I can't really speak for, <clears throat> for McLean on the forward end. Cause he's, he's obviously dealing with the forwards, but I know uh, Madsy helps me out too on the bench. Give me um, 
you know, pointers and, and stuff like that. So when we do make the mistakes, uh, we know what we did, but we also know how to, how to fix it. All right, guys. Well, I know you've got stuff to do. I will let you go, but I really appreciate your time. And we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks. See you later. All right. Thank you. Again, that was the Sharks, Noah Greger and Mario Ferraro joining me here on the Sharks Audio Network for more of these roundtable discussions, like one with Scott Hannon and Curtis Brown and another with Andrew Cogliano and Nick Bonino. Stay tuned to the Sharks Audio Network. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yend.